Hello and welcome to the Talking Food with Bid Food podcast. I'm Joe Inglis and for this episode we'll be talking about the topic that's on the top of everyone's mind and will continue to be for some time I'm sure and that is inflation and how to combat it through achieving more margin on your menu. We've covered this before in terms of the centre of plate focusing specifically on fresh meat and poultry However, this time we're going to be taking a close look at your drinks menu to see how you can use your beers, wines and spirits offer to help mitigate the soaring prices we're seeing right across the goods in the supply chain. We've all been grappling with both the cost of living crisis and food inflation at home and within our businesses. The hospitality sector in particular has come under a lot of pressure from every angle, having to balance their need to make margin, as any business does to survive, with the need to bring customers through the door and ensure they come back, which is particularly tough when purse strings are tightening and everyone's bracing themselves for those, of course, scary winter fuel bills. So when it comes to your drinks menu, what can you do to boost or protect your margin? Wines and spirits are crucial margin and revenue generators. And at the same time, there is some exciting trends to take advantage of, which we'll look into shortly, along with some tips and advice from our Unity experts that can help you make your drinks menu work a lot harder in boosting your bottom line. I'm really excited to be joined by two fantastic and knowledgeable guests who deal with this sort of questions on a daily basis. So firstly, we have Matt Toe. So Matt, welcome to the podcast. Um, can you share a little bit about your experience in the industry? And then, of course, I have to know, what's your favourite go-to drink? Yeah, of course. Morning, Joe. Uh, so I've been in the alcohol industry for over 21 years now. I've been with Bid Food for around nine years. And my favourite drink, depending on which day of the week it would be, would normally be a whiskey. Oh, good choice. Good choice. And then now we turn to Carolyn Sharp. Welcome, Carolyn. So first of all, Carolyn, can you tell us a little bit about your role at Unity and your experience in the industry? please? Yes, of course. I've been with the industry a bit like Matt for over 20 years now. Um, so I've worked for quite a few drinks brands and wine brands and also on the wholesale side as well. And my role in Unity is I'm a central support specialist. So I help people put together their wine lists, help them choose wines. And I've been with Bid Food for four years. Um, and my favourite go-to tipple would be a lovely glass of crisp Shannon Blanc. Two very good choices. Thank you very much and welcome to the podcast. So moving on to this episode's topic, Matt, I think it's fair to say that we are all living and breathing inflation at the moment and it's impacting everybody. How would you describe the impact that this is having on wines, beers and spirits at the moment? So the rise in prices uh, are clearly something that's on everyone's mind uh, and there's a fear that this will impact the hospitality trade. We've seen some big increases from drinks brand owners already. Um, so we've had two within uh, the, the first uh, 12 months uh, and this is something that I've not seen uh, in the last two decades. Uh, in regards to the impact that this will have on the trade, it'd be interesting to see because the beginning of 2022 has been a really promising one. Um, there are many challenges in the hospitality industry currently staffing level is, is certainly one of them um, and premiumization has been a trend that we've seen the most return uh, on currently. And where would you see the, the sharpest impacts at the moment? It's very similar across the trade to be honest whether it's drink or food brands but it's dry goods, it's rising transport costs and that includes fuel and staff um, along with rising energy prices. Uh, they're probably the main reasons for driving the increases that we're seeing. 
And then I guess, what are you and the Unity able to do to help customers offset these adverse market conditions and protect your customers? So for example, how far is it about buying savvily? So I'm really proud of what we do at Unity. We work very closely with our suppliers and partners to mitigate as many of these cost increases. We've had some tremendous support from our suppliers um, to, to really ensure that we're supporting the on-trade um, and protecting them. Um, this includes two of our largest drink suppliers at the minute that have held their prices, um, unlike some of the others. So considering the trends which we're seeing emerge right now in the drink sector, which ones would you say present the best opportunities to jump on from a margin perspective? And why would you say so? Well, as I mentioned a minute ago, premiumization is key. Uh, and this has helped drive the gin market and the craft beer market over recent years. Uh, social media is now so deeply weaved into everything uh, when we're drinking out. Um, more consumers are looking for that Instagram opportunity and this has driven a surge in exciting and unique drink service the amount of times i go out now for a meal uh, and see people pausing to take a picture of their their dinner or, or, or their drinks before they actually get tucked into them uh, is astonishing uh, a gin and tonic in a mini bathtub or extravagant cocktails dry ice making its way into cocktail serves uh, to elevate the theater of the cocktail market which is a massive growth it's really important for licensees to offer consumers drinks and meals and experiences that they can't recreate at home. Uh, last year, we saw a massive growth in stay-at-home mixologists, so people making cocktails at home. Uh, and so now consumers appreciate a really well-made cocktail, but also they spot a bad one a mile off. Absolutely. Everybody became a bit of an expert, didn't they? Now moving on my line of questions to you, Carolyn. When you're in pubs, restaurants, bars or hotels who maybe have tired menus that they want to freshen up or who feel like they have the opportunity to rebuild their menu for a more profitable offer, where do you encourage them to start? Um, my advice would be to create a well-balanced wine list so you have a good balance between entry-level and premium wines. Uh, recent on-trade research is showing 52% of consumers post-COVID are looking for value and premium brands when they go out. Everyone still wants to go out after COVID, but it's, it's catering for both budgets. Um, it's really imperative to get a good quality house wine that delivers value for money as well. If you hit the sweet spot here um, with a good quality wine and a healthy margin, you'll generate more volume and consequently profits. And the positive of this is consumers are getting value for money and will hopefully you will get the repeat business as well. Um, another trick is to do wines by the glass. Um, this also increases your cash margin, but it offers customers a chance to explore wine lists without too much financial risk. So therefore, they'd probably try a grape variety or a more expensive wine if they don't have to buy a whole bottle, basically. Getting the correct balance of by the glass and by the bottle is essential, so to minimise wastage as well. But that's where your Unity specialist can help you. And then I guess which categories make most sense to push from a commercial perspective? Is it all about going for premium spirits or is it about cocktails and spritzes or about encouraging customers to try something a little bit more exciting on the wine front? I'd say it's a mixture of all of these, to be honest. Um, as Matt pointed out earlier, stay at home mixologist will expect to see a good range of cocktails on a drinks list. Cocktails with some theatrics, something you can't do at home, gives you a reason to go out. And that's what everyone needs in the on-trade. We need, we need feet, food fall through the door. Um, if your venue doesn't have uh, staff who are trained in mixology, there are excellent ranges of pre-batch cocktails out there at the minute. 
and with a few garnishes, they, they, they could look like you have just stirred or shaken them yourself. Um, a staggering 75% of consumers have tried pre-batch cocktails. So these are a very low risk option to put on your drinks list. Um, and one trend not to miss out on as we're all gearing ourselves up for a healthier lifestyle is you have to put low and no on there these days. It's a huge growing category and the low and no beers and mocktails are actually leading the way in those categories. Yeah, you're seeing it a lot with the younger generation as well, aren't you, who are drinking less these days as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really key. That's great. Um, are there any other tricks that you see that businesses are very often missing, though? Oh, yes. It's very, very simple. It's called Perfect Serve. And I'm going to give this example um, an experience for me as a consumer. So if you go out, you can either have a great on-trade experience or a memorable one, all for the wrong reasons. Um, but basically, lately, I did go out and order a 60-pound bottle of wine, which turned up at my table fairly lukewarmish and was offered some ice to put in the glass. <laughs> As you can imagine, and I've seen this happen. This is just not a one-off occasion. I've seen this happen so often. But simple mistakes like that, just not getting the wine temperature correct, not offering a wine cooler, that means no repeat business and loss of revenue at a time when it's critical to get people through your door. And when quality is so important for value for money as well at the moment. So I guess it's really vital you get that right. Absolutely. So how can our customers get their teams on board to drive this though? Staff training is key. Um, but one of the biggest challenges my customer have at the minute is keeping up with staff training uh, with rapid staff turnover. It's, it's near on impossible. So, on numerous occasions now, I've asked, can you just film a bespoke training that relates back to our wine list? The next person arrives, I literally can put them in front of a screen, hit the play button, and then they could be trained. Our brand ambassador, Lee Isaacs, has filmed already a series of wine training videos, which our customers can access. And I think online training is now in the future going to be an essential component to the services we offer. Absolutely. And Lee does it in his own stylish way, doesn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what's your advice on the best display and point of sale options that can really elevate sales of your highest margin drinks? This will depend on your venue. So if you are a cocktail bar, obviously getting your glassware correct, having nice retro glasses would be um, key. Other venues where you can have point of sale, you perhaps have uh, drinks menus on tables where you can communicate your message. Higher margin drinks can be promoted either via serving suggestions, cocktails or food matching. Um, as I say, branded glassware works really hard here. And believe it or not, ice buckets, ice coolers and um, the gin and champagne brands really do this brilliantly. And I guess finally, how do you put together a drinks menu to boost sales of those drinks that will drive profits the most? OK, um, start your wine list with champagne and sparkling uh, to encourage purchase of aperitifs or a celebratory bottle to start people off before a meal. Good house wine selection by the bottle and by the glass. Uh, make sure you've got your popular grape varieties on your list so you've got people who like what they like so they still have choice. So that would be looking at things like Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Pinot Noir, Malbec, Pinot Grigio, Shiraz, for example. 
but also to keep your list a bit more interesting, it's good to include alternative grape varieties, for example, like Albarinos or Cortese as well. Um, another trick is to put your higher margin wines into boxes or specific areas with food matching ideas. Also splitting your list into wine style categories. So if you're trying to describe red wines, you could say one category is big and bold, for instance, and a company with a good wine tasting note. This will give customers confidence they're choosing a wine style that they actually like. Um, another trick, uh, when it comes to pricing, leave off the pound signs because psychologically this relates to cash. <laughs> and don't use blanket margins across your whole wine list. So for example, 67% margin would probably work on a house or a medium priced cost wine. But if you add this to a more expensive wine, it'll overinflate those wines at the bottom of your wine list and make them seem inaccessible. And for those wines and sparkling wines, work off a lower GP or margin and then add a cash margin to that as well. So this will make your higher margin wines more accessible and encourage a greater rate of sale as well. And do not forget the digestives. They're always left off the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's some great advice. Thank you very much. <laughs> So back to you, Matt. So Unity work with a number of spirits, wines and beer suppliers. So are you seeing any promising innovation on the scene that can help our customers stay ahead of the curve and offer something new and interesting that either keeps margin healthy or helps keep customers coming back? Do you know what, Joe, we really have. I think one of the things that we've seen through lockdown is lots of suppliers focusing on the MPD so that when the trade did reopen, it's reopened with a bang. And we've certainly seen a lot of MPD come to the market uh, at the moment, which is great. Starting with spirits, we're now seeing growth in the market that's been declining since the turn of the century. Liqueurs, so in particular, cream liqueurs. So you've got Tequila Rose, which has bounced back um, after about 20 years with an astonishing 34,000 followers on Instagram. Um, that's going to come back with a real big bang. You've also got Disarano, uh, which have listed a cream variant after almost 500 years. This is the first bit of new product development from them. In regards to beers, the crave for regionality is still key, and that really ties into the craft beer market. It's still considered a premium offering when customers are drinking a beer that's brewed five miles down the road, and they can enjoy a meal accompanied with that that's got locally obtained ingredients. Um, and that's the same for the wine market as well. They're looking for a lot more uh, unusual grape varieties, as, as Carolyn referred to a second ago. Um, and that's where you can really drive that sort of premium agenda. Um, but also English wines enjoying uh, growing, uh, following uh, consumers are beginning to become familiar with the grape varietals available uh, and the quality that, that comes along with that price tag. That's great to see. Um, and I guess what sort of support do you offer customers that helps them from a practical standpoint? Again, something I'm really proud of, the, the, the way that we do it at Unity, uh, we strongly believe in helping customers sell more. Uh, and in order to support them, we offer wine list service. We offer market research that helps them structure those lists to encourage customers to explore that drinks offering. Equally, believe in signposting. Point of sales are key to raising customer awareness and helping educate consumers into wine pairing with meals and occasions. Uh, finally, in the most important area we support with is customer training. We, uh, there's an unusual high turnover of staff in the hospitality trade, and that's something they're really, really struggling with at the moment. And versus some of our European countries, we believe that having staff trained is key to retention 
and allows them to have that knowledge and confidence to uptrade consumers and offer advice and on brands and drinks. Um, we're fortunate to have some people within our team like Caroline who've got tons of experience in the on-trade to help our customers sell more. So for my final question, I'll put it to both of you and it relates to the top tips you'd boil it down to that you, you'd offer our listeners that they can easily put into practice to lift margins or maintain their prices on drinks. Matt, I'll start with you. So three tips for me, train, upsell and prompt. There's countless margin opportunities with drinks that add to pounds in the till. So the first one, pre-booked drinks. When taking a table booking, it encourages consumers to think about what they're eating and drinking to enhance their experience. A lot of consumers haven't made that decision on what drink they're going to have until they sit down at the table, until they, they, they reach the bar. So helping them think about that prior to sitting down or reaching the bar is only going to increase uh, margin. The second one, if someone's paying to upgrade their meal from chips to sweet potato fries, for example, have you done the same with the drinks? You're seeing a lot of food menus out there in the trade at the minute. There's all these little prompts to add more to your meal and enhance that experience. It's not done as well as it should be in the drinks world at the moment. And there's massive GP to be made on that side of things. Uh, the third one, and Carolyn's referred to it uh, earlier on, but digestives, after dinner drinks. So again, you go out and have a meal. People are very good at uh, prompting and encouraging for desserts. Do you want to see the dessert menu? But one thing they always miss off uh, nine times out of 10 is prompting for after dinner drinks or digestives. That's a 70% GP opportunity by asking that question. And, and a lot of the time when you are prompted, you will get that response. So if we can start doing that as a, as a trade, then there's a lot more money to be made. And my sort of tips as well is, Train your staff not to miss a selling opportunity. As Matt said, nine times out of 10, when someone walks into a venue, they have no idea what they're going to drink. So when they arrive, they've probably had a long day, bad day at the office, sat in traffic, waiting for others to join them. It's a perfect time to get them just there and then. Would you like a nice cold glass of sparkling champagne, a cocktail while you wait, while I'm taking your coats, or while you're browsing the menu, that leads to extra sales and therefore more margin. Um, another key thing that I've been introducing more um, on wine lists is with staff turnover is looking at five or six top selling dishes. And then I choose a wine that go with those dishes. And this helps in three ways. The customer gets a recommendation and this will come across as professional. Um, staff are more likely to retain the key information about that wine if they've got a smaller number to remember rather than trying to remember every single wine on a list. And finally, that gives you an opportunity to upsell from house wines and introduce customers to your wide, to the wider wine list. And your Unity contact can help you food match those wines and sort them out for you. And a really simple one, keep alert. Um, whose glasses are looking a bit low on drinks and I'm a bit lazy so if someone comes up to me with my glasses nearly finished and goes would you like a top up absolutely absolutely of course I would so I think that also comes across as good customer service and you're actually been very proactive and it comes across as professional as well so those are my tips Great. They're really good. And thank you so much for that very welcome and timely hints and tips that I'm sure our listeners will certainly benefit from. So I'll wrap things up now. But before I do, Matt and Carolyn, I just want to say thank you again for talking to us and offering some really vital advice for our customers. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Well, there were some golden nuggets there from our Unity team, and I hope you found amongst them some that you can easily and practically put into action in your business, which will make that crucial difference to your bottom line. If you're keen to learn more about this episode's topic, you can find links to the topics and ideas we've discussed and more in our show notes. We've also included links to a really entertaining video and blogs that look at this theme and demonstrate some recipes and solutions in our kitchen here in Slough. I've really enjoyed hosting this episode. And as always, if you've enjoyed it too, please make sure you follow our series on your favourite podcast platform so that you can hear our latest episodes just as soon as they come out. In the spirit of the episode, I feel like I should raise a glass and say thanks all for listening. Until next time, cheers.